It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hot takes. Get your hot takes here. We're great and bold predictions on today's Locked On Off. Well, Zach, I, I actually just finished crushing some chicken farm, and I am freaking ready to rock and roll. You are Locked On Auburn, your daily podcast on the Auburn Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every yes, day. Yes, welcome on into Locked On Auburn, your daily Auburn Tigers podcast. I'm your host, Zach Black. And we can thank you so much for making Locked On Auburn your first listen every single day. Coming up on today's show, we are going to be joined by some of our NBA draft experts. Of course, we're talking about Jabari Smith, Walker Kessler. He has some interesting things to say about Alan Flanagan, so that's coming up. But first things first, I want to hop over to AuburnDaily.com. One of our guys, a big listener of the show, he's actually a a mod in uh, the Locked on Auburn Discord, but he is writing for us over there at the Auburn Daily. Trey Lee, he uh, he put out a super early edition, five bold predictions for Auburn football in 2022, which is impressive. It's impressive. So, uh, when people say things are bold, I like calling them hot takes. And so, I'm going to refer to these as hot takes. I know that's not what Trey said, but I think Trey will be cool with it. I want to grade the hot take on a scale of one to scorching. Because a lot of times people will say like a hot take is, okay, Tank Biggs is going to rush for like 125 yards. I'm like, that's not. That's, what? Come on. That's just a good game. There's nothing bold about that. So, He's got five of them, and you can hear, uh, you can check it all out at auburndaily.com. Would really appreciate that. So, uh, his first one Auburn will have its first 1,000 yard receiver since 1970. And then he actually goes on to say that um, his prediction is John Samuel Shanker. So, I think that's pretty hot. <laughs> Trey, I, I, I think that's a pretty hot take. I think any Auburn player on this roster, the way it currently stands, and granted, we don't know as much about the offense as we probably would like at this point, but I think we can make a lot of pretty well-educated assumptions about what the offense will look like for Auburn in 2022. Um, I I just don't think it's going to be this high-powered passing attack, and I just don't see a guy, whether it's a tight end or a wide receiver, even if an all-star, you know, super talented wide receiver transfers after spring practice, I just don't see the quarterback power and, you know, the, the passing scheme to open up that. I just don't think that's how Auburn's going to win games offensively in, um, in 2022. So I'm not buying that first hot take, but it is a hot take. If, I, if it was a wing flavor, I would say it's hot. Owen Papo leads the SEC in tackles is his second bold prediction or hot take. I think that's pretty reasonable. I think assuming he's healthy and can handle everything and, you know, doesn't have, uh, you know, a a kind of a fluky injury that happened like it did against Penn State last year, I I think that totally makes sense because we've seen this defense um, where you have a chance to do that. So, Kobe McClain is a perfect example, and I think Owen Papo actually has the ability to cover more ground than Zacoby, and so, yeah, I am uh, cool with that. That that one is a lukewarm take, in my opinion. That one's like, I don't know, like an Asian zing Level of heat, not a whole lot, but a lot of flavor. A lot of flavor. Uh, his third hot take at AuburnDaily.com. Nehemiah Pritchett has a breakout season. I think this one's pretty hot. I'm going to flavor this as hot as well. 
Um, nothing super out of control because I think we all agree that there will be some defensive backs that break out in 2022 with the departure of Roger McCreary, you know, that, that number one spot is wide open. I just don't think Pritchett is going to be the guy. I think Pritchett's good. I think he's a really good corner, but I just don't think that he is going to be the guy back there that really takes that next step. Um, but I could be wrong. I could be wrong. Um, he also gives a nod to Jalen Simpson and Donovan Kaufman. The more I look and think about Jalen Simpson, which I'm going to be real, I think about Jalen Simpson a lot. Just driving, picking up my daughter, and I'm like, you know, Jalen Simpson could have a really big year in 2022. That's just where my brain goes. So um, I think this one's hot just because I don't agree with it. But I think it's a good take. I think it's a good take, Trey. Props to you, my friend. Um, his next one is Auburn will have multiple starting quarterbacks during the season. Dang. I don't think that's hot at all, sadly. I think that happens. I think that happens. That is a mild take. I think that happens. Auburn fans should be hoping that that does not happen. I think it's best for Auburn that that does not happen, regardless of who it is. You know, and we all have our biases as far as, you know, who we want to be the starting quarterback, or I guess who we think would be the best starting quarterback for the Auburn Tigers whether it's Calzada, whether it's TJ Finley, whether you, you know if you're in the D- Demetrius Davis camp, which which totally makes sense, totally justified. Holden Garner, you know, Jake Crane was really high on Holden Garner on the show yesterday. Be sure to tune into that if you missed it. But um, whoever it is, obviously you hope that whoever wins the job is able to stay healthy and hold on to the job. That's That means they were succeeding. Um, and I never say Robbie Ashford's name, but I guess he certainly has a chance to. Um, if it's not Zach Calzada... Um, I would be surprised at this point. I would be surprised. Unless TJ just goes in and separates himself from the pack in spring, but we'll see. Um, his last one, and this is a scorching take. <laughs> this, is, this is on, like you're literally, like if you're holding the wing, it is literally on fire. His last one is, Auburn wins the SEC West. I'm going to let you go to AuburnDaily.com to read Trey's rationale on that. And I'll put, the episode, uh, I'll put this article in the, uh, in the episode description. But I think it's interesting. Um, you know, Auburn has always performed when they've been counted out. And I think a lot of the national media are going to be really low on Auburn this year. I would not be shocked if they pick Auburn to finish sixth in the West. On Alabama, A&M. Probably Ole Miss will be up there. There's going to be folks that are super, uh, Arkansas, Mississippi State, LSU, like, heck, Auburn maybe pick last. I mean, the, the national media is going to be very low on Auburn. And so, Auburn fans kind of love that mentality. It's like, okay, everybody's doubting us. And so, Auburn's going to have the opportunity to, to shut some people up. I mean, with their schedule, the way it is, all of their toss-up games or their more winnable games are at home. I've talked about that a million times on the show. You're going to hear me say it a million times over the summer. And that's great. That's a great situation for Auburn, especially when, you know, I think early wins in the season really impact how your team develops. Like if, if Auburn wins at Penn State, I think the confidence of this team last year, it, it kind of goes a different direction. You may be listening to this saying, Zach, you're stupid, and that's fine. You can say whatever you want. But, uh, you know, the, the, 20, the 2012 team, 
when they almost beat Clemson to start the year. Like, if they beat Clemson, I just think the maturity and the mindset of that team goes a different direction. I really do, because they're like, okay, we've got so much to play for. So the fact that Auburn starts with, what, five games at home, and one of those is a, uh, we don't know if they're going to be good, but they'll probably be a ranked Penn State team. There's a lot of value in that. There's a lot of value in that. So though you got to take care of those before you can do anything else. But man, that's a, that is a juicy take. Trey Lee, well done. Well done, my friend. All right, coming up. Um, yeah, I mentioned this, but our friends from Locked On NBA Draft, some very interesting comments about Jabari Smith and Walker Kessler. Find out about that in just a moment. Hey, and football's over, but we are in the thick of college basketball and professional basketball. You can get in on the action at betonline.net from the latest odds, totals, player performance props to where the next fire coach is going to land. BetOnline is the number one spot for all of your sports betting needs. You got basketball and hockey and boxing and UFC odds, right to Olympic coverage and information. So head over to betonline.net where the game starts. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA. And now through June 30, get 0% APR for 84 months or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. All right, let's talk a little NBA draft. We are now joined by Locked On NBA Draft host Richard Stamen. Richard, thank you for your time as always. There's three Auburn Tigers I want to get your thoughts on. And Richard, I think we should start with um, the guy that's probably going to be the number one pick in the NBA draft. At least that's what Auburn fans are hoping for. I'd love to hear your thoughts on it. But let's start with Jabari Smith, who, as we record this Thursday afternoon last night, popped off for 31 against Vanderbilt. Yeah, if you ask my co-host on Locked On NBA Draft, he is the number one player in the draft and should be the number one pick. I think there's a pretty strong case. I have him currently number two. Okay. Uh, I think there's a very strong case so that he could go number one, given the fact that he's a three-level scorer, can defend, has super active hands, forces turnovers, and has KD-level size as a shot creator. It's it's a unique, unique combo. What does he need to do to elevate to that top spot in your mind? I think, honestly, it's it's more of a thing about Paolo. I'm very, very big on his overall scoring upside. Okay. Um, I just see primary first option being an elite scorer, whereas Jabari Jabari's a very good scorer who's like just a teeny bit below. I think I can warm up to him eventually, number one, especially with how poor Paolo has been playing recently. Yeah. But the defense could potentially win me over. I'm, I'm very torn going back and forth between those two. And going into the season, it was... Those two guys and Chet Holmgren of Gonzaga, of course, were kind of, you know, they're, okay, these are the top three guys. Have the two that you just mentioned kind of separated themselves from Chet? Man, you know, they were starting to. Uh, and then Paolo started playing a little bit worse and Chet started playing very well. Yeah. Uh, obviously, Jabari had one game against Georgia. I think it was that he he played pretty poor. Yeah. Um, Whole but, team did. Yeah. You know, I can dismiss that. But it, it's a tight race that those three. I think Powell is going to pop off again come tournament time, and that's going to make everything even juicier. So obviously, you know, Auburn fans watching Jabari, it's easy to fall in love with this game. You know, I, I describe it as it just looks easy. Basketball just looks easier to him than everyone else on the floor that he plays throughout the SEC. 
But kind of get into the nitty-gritty a little bit. Tell us exactly like what NBA teams are going to love about a guy like Jabari Smith. Yeah, I mean, let's start with the shooting again. Like yeah. He can shoot at literally any angle. Uh, I forget which game it was. I want to say it was... Uh, I want to say it was the Arkansas game where he was double teamed uh, and just turned around hit an off balance jump shot that made no sense. No player in the country could do what he did on that. He does that every once in a while. No other player can do that as much as he does. It's the ability to shoot over defenses. Uh, You know, no defender can really get a strong closeout that can really affect a shot. I don't know if he's even been blocked on a jump shot this year, which is another thing not many players can say. And then the defense. I mean, his hands are ridiculously accurate. He can force turnovers. He's getting over a steal game. Like everything is there to support the defensive upside on that and a blocking game as well, which is an, an elite combo for a freshman. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So, you know, another guy that seems to be playing extremely well uh, is Walker Kessler. And I talked to NBA folks earlier in the season that said, no, no matter what he does, he's probably a second round guy or, you know, maybe a free agent kind of dude. But I don't know, man, what he's doing right now defensively is, is pretty remarkable. Yeah, he is a special defender. I I wish I could remember the exact stats. I should have pulled it up before this, but his block percentage, the blocks per 100 possession, any way you slice it, those block numbers with the foul ratio that he's getting, he's not fouling and he's blocking an elite number of shots is unprecedented for an underclassman in college. The numbers are reserved for the guys who are seniors, seven foot five who camp in the paint and Walker's not that he's a little bit more versatile. So is he, does he have a chance to be a first round player? You know, it's funny. If you had asked this exact question six months ago after how horrible he was at North Carolina, I think everyone would have laughed in your face, but I think he really does. I think he's efficient enough on offense where he can be that play finisher 64%. And obviously he can shoot threes and then he's blocking almost literally everything. So yeah. yes, I, th- I think there's a good chance teams want a shot maker, a shot blocker who can stretch the floor. I mean, how much do they value blocking? I'm, Cause I, I know the, the ratio of like, you know, his height to college players is pretty drastic. But once he goes to the NBA, everybody's going to be playing him is able to, you know, change their shot once they're in the air. You know, you don't really see that as much at the college level. Does that translate well, typically? I think the thing that makes me a little bit more optimistic about him overcoming obstacles like that is his recovery ability where he gets beat. And it happened last night in Vanderbilt. He was beat off one dribble, I think, against Scottie Pippen, and he still recovered enough to get the block. I, I think it was Scottie Pippen. Yeah. Um, but he can just recover on any drive. His length really helps for it, even if he's not the fastest player. And that's really what separates him. A lot of these big college shot blockers, sure, they do this in college, but they can't recover against NBA-level athletes. Walker can. Right, right. So, I mean, if you had to pick right now, does Auburn have two first-rounders when this is all said and done? I think so. And you, wow. see, you see winning teams usually do get the benefit of the doubt in come draft time. They get a little bit more focus, a little bit more uh, of an eye from scouts. So I, I would say yes. Yeah, because that was a narrative a few months ago before he got as hot as he has where it's like, okay, maybe he'll be a, you know, a late first and, you know, maybe he'll come back. Maybe Auburn fans will get to, you know, enjoy his play for another season. But at the, at the rate they're going, you know, if they go far into the tournament, whether it's another final four run or, you know, maybe it's even better than that. It's like, you're, 
you know, your hype and the buzz around you is not going to get any higher. So at what point, like, okay, what, why is it worth it to come back? Does, does that matter? Is that a real, is that a real thing? Or is that just something that fans like to talk about? I, I think it's a little bit of both. I think it's a little yeah. bit overhyped by fans, but I do think there is value. You know, I mean, Walker Kessler, if he got drafted even 28th, he's making over a million dollars. Is he making that through NIL next year? I don't know. Uh, he's making a good bit, but yeah, I, I bet it's not a million dollars. So no, I, I think that makes sense, man. Absolutely. Absolutely. Our guest is Richard Stamen with Locked On NBA Draft. want to pause our draft talk just for a moment to tell you about our friends at Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. It is the protein bar that looks and tastes just like a candy bar. It's all covered 100% in pure, delicious, good chocolate. And you eat this thing, you're like, how in the world is this good for you? It is. It is. People are losing weight like crazy, crushing their goals for 2022. And it's not too late. You can get in on this delicious treat as well. And you'll find that uh, most of the bars that you look at are around 130 calories, just four grams of sugar, just four grams of net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Keeps you full. It's filling. Built.com. Use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off. That is at Built.com. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, especially during March. Your eyes are on the road, but the driver in front of you has both eyes on their bracket. Their sudden braking puts you in a 16-car pileup that's anything but sweet. And if you don't have the right auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this is worse than a busted bracket. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability, savings vary. Richard Stamen of Locked On NBA Draft. Before we move into the third player I want to ask you about, tell folks how they can check out and stay up to date on everything you guys have going on. Yeah, so I do Locked On NBA Drafts. I'm on every Tuesdays, uh, and we talk about Jabari Smith quite literally every single episode that we've done since November. So uh, he is a constant on here, but you can also find me at Mavstraft on Twitter. Uh, I try and field as many questions as possible. Awesome. Awesome, man. No, appreciate your time as always. So uh, the third guy I want to talk about is Alan Flanagan. Going into the season, throughout the offseason, you saw, you know, the way too early NBA mock drafts, and he was consistently in the top 20 selections. And then, you know, he suffers that that fluky, unfortunate, you know, Achilles injury in the offseason. He misses virtually all of the non-conference schedule. And now he's back in SEC play. But he has not been the same player, especially offensively. I think defensively he's been okay. But uh, offensively, he's not the same guy. How is the NBA going to view a guy like Alan Flanagan, who seems to have the traits, but has not been able to put it all together on one side of the floor this year? Yeah, like you said, the defense has been completely fine. I don't think there's really any concerns about that translating up and even with the injury, how it's been affecting him this year. For offense, it really comes down to the jump shot. Will he be able to shoot? It's hard to say. His free throw percentage this year is 68%, which is less than ideal for anybody pretty much under 6'7", 6'8". You want to see them around 75 to really buy in. Obviously, last year, the better sample size, he had five attempts a game, 78% from the free throw line. So maybe he can get back there and you take out just the first three games, he's at 73%. So there is upside, but he still has never shot above 34% from three. And at the end of the day, you can shoot free throws well. If you can't hit the jump shots with defenders in your face, that's going to be where he has to improve. I think that's the number one thing teams are going to look for is how well can he shoot in the NBA. 
Do you think he will be graded well by the NBA? Do you think he will hear good things and say, okay, I'm going to forgo the rest of my eligibility and, uh, and do this thing, take a shot at the NBA? So I think he will declare for the draft. Yeah. Will he stay in past the deadline? I'd right now say no. I think he's better served coming back for a senior season. And correct me if I'm, I don't know how the eligibility worked with last year because I know it was thrown off with mm-hmm. the whole everyone gets an extra year. So I don't know if he has two more or one more, but if he has one more, I think two. it would yeah. really benefit him getting just a full healthy off season and then coming in and exploding. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, he's got plenty of years left at Auburn. So that would be, um, it'd be great to see him for another year. Same time though, you want, you want Bruce Pearl to, to be able to be putting guys into the league because it took him a little while to start doing that. Right. I mean, it, it took a while to get, you know, Chumo Kiki eventually got there and then, you know, they had a lottery pick with Isaac, um, a few seasons ago and then two second rounders last year with Sharif and Thor, but you know, you're, you're starting to see Auburn put more and more guys into the league. Is, is there a like specific, you know, thing that folks look at as far as, okay, this guy played for this coach? Is, does that ever matter? Does that ever hold any weight? You see it a ton in football. It's like, okay, this guy played for, you know, Saban or, you know, whoever it may be, and they kind of get a bump up. Is there any kind of respect that Bruce Pearl gets from the NBA ranks, do you think? Well, I know Coach Calipari, for example, has a very – known reputation right. for holding some of his players back almost intentionally. Um, but I think Bruce Pearl is starting to rise to that. Like you said, the last three seasons, we've seen these guys who, I mean, some of them actually are pretty similar. I mean, JT Thor last year with the shot creation at four at six ten reminds me of obviously Jabari Smith's a lot better, but I mean the same, just yeah. looking at him completely from an outline perspective, they're very similar in build and things like that. And what they can do as, you know, hitting shots off the dribble. I think, I think Bruce Pearl starting to rise there. I don't know how teams view him now, but I would imagine the perception is only getting better and you get the benefit of the doubt. Cause I've heard of opposite with Rick Pitino, for example, in 2017, Donovan Mitchell was looked at in a negative light because Rick Pitino was not good for NBA development. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And it seems like all of Bruce's players, I mean, he gets the effort out of them. You know, and I mean, you get dudes that are, are going to be willing to play defense because you won't play at Auburn if you don't play defense. I mean, that's got to be something that that helps with their evaluation. Yeah, the culture that's instilled there. There's other programs. I'm blanking off the top of my head, but there are sure. other programs where that has occurred where they say, hey, we know that this is an emphasis. Maybe we can we don't have to do much work here in the NBA because it's already instilled in them. So I could 100 percent see that being a thing and. Uh, Bruce Pearl getting, you know, recognition throughout the league. Yep, absolutely. Hey, Richard, thank you so much for your time yet again. And uh, please uh, tell folks one more time how they can uh, find you, support you, hear you, all that good stuff. Yeah, Locked On NBA Draft every Tuesday. Um, Again, talk about Jabari Smith just about every Tuesday. Might as well be Locked On Jabari Smith. (laughs) But And then at Mavs Draft will be the hub for anything I do, uh, podcasts, scouting reports, big boards, mocks regular tweets, just posting videos, anything like that. Awesome. Yeah, guys, be sure to check him out. Give him some uh, some Auburn family love. Hey, we'll be back on Monday to recap everything that happened over the weekend right here on Locked on Auburn. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.